You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about paul revere and the raiders midnight ride in the room i have rob hello ben hello and adam hey midnight ride is the fifth studio album by the american pop rock group paul revere and the raiders it was released may 6 1966 on columbia records it was produced by terry melcher uh and uh part of this was from uh, all music review bruce edder Midnight Ride marked just about the pinnacle of Paul Revere and the Raiders' history as a source of great albums. Even more to their credit, most of the music on Midnight Ride was written and credited to the entire band. The irony is that this was the last album on which the egalitarian spirit was to dominate alongside the tight horror, uh, imminently danceable rock and roll sounds that comprised about two-thirds of this album. There are signs of the softer, more introspective balladry that lead singer Mark Lindsay was starting to favor in his songwriting. It was this stylistic break, coupled with disputes over which bandmates were to get their songs represented on the group's albums, that led to Levin's departure following the release of this album, which helped precipitate a stylistic drift away from the sound that defined the group. But Midnight Ride is the highlight in the band's career as it peaked at number 9 on the U.S. Billboard 200 album chart. The album was certified gold in U.S. March 1967 and, and featured the U.S. top five single Kicks and the often covered garage classic I'm Not Your Stepping Stone. What did we think of Midnight Ride? Loved it. Can I begin with a question? Sure. I don't, Let's do it. Like, I remember the name of the group. and There's a couple of these songs I've heard, but this one I kind of missed in my 60s education. Is this their first record to begin? No, it's like their Fifth. Fifth? Fifth, okay. Fifth studio. When yeah. when did they start? British Invasion time. I think that, like especially with their name, Paul Revere and the Raiders, I think they were trying to be the answer to the yeah, British yeah, are coming. Yeah, yeah totally, know? totally. Well, so, because my first impression when I heard this was each song sounds like someone else's song. Like, every song sounds like there's a po- very popular, very distinct sounding group that does that exact style song. Um, Beach Boys, for example. Uh, there's 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 like Beach Boys You're referring songs. To a little girl in the fourth row. Little girl row, in the fourth row right is a Beach Boys song. There's uh, a Rolling Stones song. There's a Kinks song. There's these a, songs that sound like they would be. They by. sound like straight out of the playbook of artists that like make that sound their own, and so it's just very strange to me because like I was just trying to figure out. I didn't know how to think about this because yeah. I was just like, this just sounds like if this is their like first or second record, I would have said, 
these guys are really good ripoff artists. Uh, but like, I'm just trying to understand the context. So I guess when they said this was a collaboration, it was really there was a shit ton of people bringing stuff to the table. Yeah, and it, it it does it does bounce back and forth I between can't like rocker to ballad. How distinct the song the songs are to other artists that are had been working at the same time. Like it's it's like sort of shocking. Yeah, I think that they, I mean they uh, na- they appeared regularly on Dick Clark's where the action is and they were one of those bands that they formed the band and I think they kind of were a little gimmicky with the tri-corner hats and the sort of like outfits and yeah. Paul Revere and the Raiders I guess I and stuff like that. that. But you're right, I think it definitely comes into the the context of they were, you know, trying to do their own material but in the style of these other they're executing bands the songs, and they're doing it well I'm not, like i'm not suggesting they're not executing them it just does not feel like they have a cohesive voice it feels like they are doing really good imitations of of other people's material and that's my that's my first impression i love i'd love to hear more of what you guys know about this or even just think you know go ahead rob oh no 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 i i, I i've got nothing really uh, aside from the the whole record I was very surprised because I, I stayed away from him because of that tricorner hat like yeah. uh, like oh this is this look gimmicky like you know if I'm gonna take a my boy band gimmicky thing I'm gonna go with the monkeys <laughs> uh, the monks know. monkeys monks were for serious right yeah right they were a the boy body. band but they had the gimmick mm, but you know they just let, let's let, let, let's pick our fights here uh, I, I was just breaking a point I get it. That sometimes goofy costumes. Yeah, the the, the Beatles awesome. were the first boy band, and apparently I like one of their records. So, <laughs> um, but no, I I I fucking like I I dub just about everything I heard on here. That guitar solo uh, on "There's Always Tomorrow" is it's ripping weird, man. Yeah, it's real yeah. weird. And I think Mark Lindsay had a lot to do with the mm-hmm. direction that they had moved into. They were moving out of the. Along with a lot of other bands, they were trying to move out of the gimmicky kind of group band and trying to be a little more serious. And this represented this album definitely hit that something special. I guess and you bringing up Mark Lindsay actually, it's a good segue. I want to ask not you, Birch, because I know you've looked it up, you know your research, but uh, like Adam. What would you say Paul Revere's role in the band is of Paul Revere and the Raiders? <laughs> you assume it's the singer, it's or something like unless it's like a hootie type thing. Paul Revere is in the band, so what's his role in the band? I mean, is it like a singing drummer or something? He is not a singing drummer. Rob, you you have a guess? I mean, I would have just guessed he's like guitar vocalist. Is you know? he the Farfisa? He is the organ player. Hey, he's the organ player. He doesn't sing. Yeah, and. And these like his name is actually Paul Revere. His name is like Revere is his middle name. He's like Paul Revere or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The voice of Paul Revere and the Raiders is Mark Lindsay, which I always thought his name was Paul Revere. Like this, because you know (laughs) he's got a really distinctive voice. You know, like yeah, uh, like uh, the song "Just Like Me." Even like in the the seventies, like that song uh, "Indian Reservation." Like I hear that voice, I'm like, oh, that's that Paul Revere guy. Like no, that's Mark Lindsay, and. The strange thing is not only is Paul Revere not the front man, yeah. but organ is never featured in this album. It's not like some like Al Cooper, like a Rolling Stone organ riff. Yeah. The organ is like so far back and everything. If you had told me there's like no Van organ Allen. on this record, yeah. I would have been like, huh, all right. I lost my job, I done lost my girl. I'm a no good, useless 
sitting in an alleyway I'm as hungry as I can be I ain't had no food for the last three days What's gonna become of me? All I've got is 30 cents for to buy me a bottle of wine It'll take my mind off the food I need But it'll make me think about dying Once upon a time I had big plans I was gonna get when I saw the uh, the cover of Switched on Bach, I thought Wendy Carlos was just a really old dude wearing a powdered <laughs> wig, so right there with you. <laughs> it's interesting to hear you guys say the phrase, uh, like, boy band, because I will say that, like, my definite impression of this record is that this is a boy band they were not manufactured actually no well i don't mean but they were boys in a band (laughs) well let me put it this way to me to me like just if i'm just supposing like my impression from just listening to this without much context because i just somehow missed it is like this just feels like a group that came together being like there's some shit going on that we can get in on and i'm into it and i'm like we're just gonna like mine this and mine this and mine this and we're just gonna like do an american version of this thing and it's got like it just feels like they're just like music lovers that are just grabbing up let me put this way and and i really don't mean this to sound negative do you know how like groups like like one direction and like um uh what's another good example um those like jonas brothers maybe sure the jonas brothers in one direction are good examples where like their singles are explicitly written to sound like whatever the like the trend that's been going on for a couple of years is, but like to expose the mainstream to that trend. Mm-hmm. Like One Direction has this song that like two years after like uh, Mumford and Sons hit it big, it's just a straight up Mumford and Sons hit. Right. Like it's just like and they they execute the song like they can sing they're pop stars like yeah. they I'm not saying it's a good song and it's like a little tacky in its obviousness but like I just this just feels like a little bit of like a compiled greatest songs of the British invasion done by an American band of young men I, I think that if anything this book has taught us is you know just starting from Elvis that's just the thing I I, I was talking yeah. to Sarah about this record and yeah. I actually said I wonder if this is like a '60s Elvis thing. It sort of is. I mean, Terry Melcher, their uh, producer, kind of helped guide them in, in that direction. He was also, if you remember, uh, the Birds. Mm-hmm. He was the one that said to the Birds, hey, go ahead and do this Dylan song, uh, and kind of got that roll- uh, rolling. He was also, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him and Charles Manson, but he was one of the targets for, mm. he was associated oh, really? with uh, Charles Manson. And so sort of in the 60s uh, West Coast counterculture movement. But yeah, you are right. I mean, they were they were essentially kind of this, uh, I don't want to say goofy, but definitely one of these bands that, you know, but everyone was at the time. Everyone was trying well, to TV keep Well, was up. new too, so they're like uh, trying to like exactly. become these personalities. I, and I get it. And that's why I'm not trying to criticize them for it. But this is all just based off just hearing the music. This is what it sounds like. Yeah, to me. it's essentially, I mean, on the other side too, uh, the animals, you know, were definitely like right there with them of of uh, kind of doing this this style of music. Although the animals, I would say, have 
far more covers than. Well, than and that's done. Done. also the animals just sound so cool. I'm with Adam. Well, like, like, yeah, it's like that's. I was actually going to use this them is as a, a lighter example. This is a yeah. lighter kind of '60s sound, though. I mean, it definitely is more that Beatles sound than than going full into the uh, rhythm and blues. But you say that, but of. it's like, I, like if you if you went down this list, like it's crazy. I mean, I seriously, I looked at it and there were six major artists that have been putting records out for like, you know, eight years or something where it's like, this is clearly a knockoff of this song or this group. This is clearly a this. And like, and I know that all these things are happening concurrently, but like when you have groups that like, like the groups that I'm, I'm referring to are massive, you know, like, the, like I was saying, the Rolling Stones, the Beach Boys, the Beatles, mm-hmm. it's like these have, these are groups with distinctive sounds. Yeah. So I really think that they were sort of, my guess is that they were just a, really able to duplicate the things that were happening in the moment yeah. and the style of them and do their own take on it. Well, not, not even their own take, but like make a very similar song. I think this record's really listenable. Uh, the guys are good players. Uh, the lead guitarist is ripping. Mark Lindsay, I think, has one of the more underrated voices of 60s a strong rock. voice. He's got a really strong voice. Uh, I would categorize this album as mainstream garage rock. Mm-hmm. Which there was a lot of it at the time, uh, because you know like that was just kind of the sound. I flipped through the book a bit, and this is kind of like one of the, one of the few albums of that just kind of like more commercially accessible garage rock sound of the mid '60s. I'm kind of surprised they chose this one to represent that as opposed to like like Adam said the Animals or like the Standells with their album Dirty Water. Right. Like, I think the album Dirty Water. It, Are the animals in this book? No. No. Oh my god! Uh, what, this, to me, that like the idea that this is in there and the animals isn't is like that boils my blood. <laughs> like <laughs> that just made me go from like medium on this album to fail. <laughs> like it's just that's crazy. The other example I was gonna say was Bobby Fuller Four. I think they do that kind of commercially accessible garage rock better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I but I've got no bone to pick with this record. It's very listenable, and it's the type of music that I like, and it's well executed. I just think that if they're going to pick one thing from that scene, I would have picked a different one. Just do Mm -hmm. something distinctive and Mm -hmm. that has its own voice. That's, that's That's my argument always, I guess. Bears to mention, uh, all of the all of the members of the band were active in writing on this album, but the two hits, Kicks and uh, Not Your Stepping Stone, were both straight out of the Bro Building. Like yeah. those were hits that were written for them. Yeah, mm. that yeah. is an important note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I also found it interesting that Kix um, was sort of an anti-drug song at the height of this sort of like psychedelic movement. Oh, it's almost like hey, cut. It's good for the parents, man. Well, it, it kind of uh, brought to mind that um, who was a minor threat, this sort of anti-drug straight edge oh, band. I, I, I wouldn't go that far. Did, <laughs> no, no, no. But they did Stepping Stone. They covered minor threat's cover of Stepping Stone. Yeah. So I was, that's one I, thing they have I, in common I, with the monkeys. I found it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if head's not in here, is it? No. God damn no. it. Fuck no. this book. <laughs> this is like. Also, I do want to bring up the past members. Let's see if I can do this. And show you guys how many past members. Oh, dude, it's like the fucking Mickey Every, Mouse Club, man. Been in the Raiders. Yeah. It is literally, I think there's about 30. Maybe. Was that the Oakland Raiders? Well, like, the, like, the immediately, 30, possibly 40. Immediately after this Ooh. album, the band kind of dissolved to just Mark Lindsay and uh, Paul Revere. And they they hired guns. And then, like... The, like Paul Revere was playing like casino gigs up until like the early 2000s. There's always a group of people behind him he called the Raiders, you know. Yeah. But the, that's interesting. Like this group of guys, this was their last album as this, and then up until like the mid 70s, it was at least like Paul Revere and Mark Lindsay and some other guys, and then eventually you kind of just Mark Lindsay had a solo thing, and it just became Paul Revere and some guys yeah. dressed up like colonialists. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta get that like, shit. I, I, I honestly. So how do you guys I, feel? Well, I, I still I still like the record. I I'm still trying to grab like wrap my head around why certain records get thrown into this book, and I think this might be one of those things where they somehow inspired someone else. Forty pages down the road, and we're like, oh my god, nope. I can't believe how influential Paul Revere and the Raiders were. I mean, aside from, like, the the tracks sound good. It's a good they, pop rock it sounds record. Fresh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I'm not gonna. I I I can't. I, there's nothing disparaging I can say about it except for that last song on here. Oh my god, is that is an atrocity. Can we talk about mess. how much how much he talks during a song where he talks about how he's not talking? I told Sarah I was doing an impression of it. I was talking to my wife, and I was like, "There's this song on the record where he's like, hello." <laughs> like, he's like I wrote this song that has no words and I want to sing you know, to a girl I haven't met but that I will and this is the song that expresses my heart most songs have lyrics this song doesn't have any lyrics there's no words or talking in this song this song's just music this song and then, and then, and and then it, it comes around and it comes around again, again and then it goes Hello. And it does it again. No, it, and I just like skip. It's <laughs> over. It's, it's I the, just turned it off because like fuck. It's you. almost it's almost the fucking precursor to what like oh no actually maybe like the the whole like do you guys remember New Kids on the Block <laughs> yeah. and like like yeah. little the little Weird. baby whoever would become up like girl I'm just saying whatever and you know. It's all right if you're not crying, but you know I'm gonna be here this whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's and a, then like it, it's it's like that kind of shit. That was the moment that I was like, this is a boy band. Yeah, this is not absolutely. a real band. <laughs> you know what? Fuck this band. Oh. <laughs> Fuck everything. Minus Embrace these guys the are. Oh Jesus! I fucking hate this crap. I, I'm gonna get like, <laughs> done. You just did a full 180. That's right? right. I'm mad about that last song. <laughs> it's a very bad song. If we're going off an album though, everything up to that I enjoyed. I'm I'm doing neutral on the yeah. record. I, I I dislike nothing on it. I just think that other things do it better. I came in as neutral. I'm gonna switch to minus because uh, the reason is that 
I don't think anybody was influenced by this group. I think that everybody was influenced by the songs that they're literally stealing out of the playbooks <laughs> of other people. And, like, it's just, there's nothing special here. This is like, they don't, there's no voice. There's no, there's, there's again, it's like with the mamas and papas, competent musicians who can execute. That doesn't mean that I have to love what they created. Like, there are great cover bands and tribute bands out there, and those people are good at what they do. These guys do it where they wrote their own songs, but it's just, I would always rather listen to groups that were doing their own thing and executing it at the same time. Yeah, I think the execution's enough for me to to give it a, a neutral as well. I'm not super jazzed about it, but I think that it's a style of music that I appreciate enough that I can maybe look past some some of the tracks. And some of the tracks are like the one we're listening to right now. Yeah. Um, get it on. You mean get it on is is it's a I, Rolling Stone song. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it, it sounds just like it's just a Rolling. It's like he's even doing it. I'm like, like I got this is the one that Adam's gonna say. <laughs> it's not the one. There's one earlier in the record that's like he's doing a Mick Jagger inflection <laughs> only for that song. Yeah. You know? It's like it's just. It just bugs me when people are copying on that level and not bringing... Like, if you copy one element, like, if you copy, like, just straight up rip off the guitar style of somebody, but then you create a different kind of song around it, and, you know, maybe the singer's voice combined with this rip off guitar thing creates this cool new combination, great. But if every component of the song is designed to be someone else's work, you're just kind of a thief. It's, <laughs> it's just not cool. My two cents. Paul Revere and the Raiders can suck it. Stop raiding my record collection. <laughs> Paul Revere and the record Raiders. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next time we'll be talking about the mothers of invention. Freak out. Oh. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Sometimes it's hard to say the right words, even when they're written in your heart. Most songs have words, but this one, which is written for someone I don't even know yet, I can't find the right way to say the things I want to say. So there are no words, just a melody for a girl.